Welcome to the Cis Empowerment Podcast, the podcast about infusing harmony into all aspects of everyday living to align with the highest vibration this life can offer. We discuss the mundane and the metaphysical. I'm your host, Raisa Darlene, here with my co-host, Sky Samuels. Good evening, Darlene. How are you? I am doing well. And tonight's topic is energized eats. We've got quick and easy and tasteful tips for you today. Quick eats and tips that energize. As many of us are spending time sheltered in, this is an opportune time to discuss energized eatings. Wouldn't you say, Sky? Yes. It's a wonderful time. <laughs> yep. Yep, the commercial world has made it really easy for us to reach for something packaged rather than pure foods. Mm-hmm. And optimally, the essence of finding energy-boosting foods is to consume a seasonal, varied, and balanced diet. Vitamins, fiber, fats, proteins, they're all essential for energy, but it's crucial to find a balance between them that works for you for your body at this time in your life. And relative to the fast food programming, we we tend to think that this goal is too hard to reach when time is a valuable commodity in our society, where we are equating nutritious with work, especially on the prep end. So work is on the and time on one end of the spectrum with raw veggies and lack of taste on the fast and easy side of the spectrum. So what if we could whip up healthy, flavor-packed, energized meals at home even faster than it took to uh, text a restaurant and have it delivered? Our guest, Dean the Nutritionist, has examined his own life and dietary needs and is passionate about helping people eat to enjoy vibrant life, and he's going to be sharing what works for him and others. Dean, welcome to the show. Yes, Darlene, yeah, thank you, ladies, so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, What can I say? I'm very, what led me on this path is just having different health challenges myself, and not really being able to get a solution through the traditional Western medical channels. And from that, it really just got me on the path to researching and really connecting the dots when it comes to, you know, food as medicine, you know, and then like the uh, Hippocratic oath that the doctors take is uh, essentially to do no harm. That's like the abbreviated version of it. And it's really about or the, the, the quote that I really reference quite often is, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. So when we can operate inside of that, anything is possible. And from having different issues with my skin and having poor digestive issues, uh, seeing different family members have health issues that they were not having any real breakthroughs with, I really was like, you know, I really believe the creator has provided everything we need to heal. And, again, that was another thing that just led me down the path of saying, okay, there's got to be a solution here. So let me just start picking up some books and reading. And, you know, from that, it's, you know, gotten me into this space where I'm, I'm in the process of completing my book on healthy living and really wanting to give people solutions that they can implement to have their life work and um, have it work to where their health is, is the staple of it. Mm-hmm. So how did you start? Did you start with basically just looking at foods that energize? And, and maybe we start with talking about foods that energize, and then we can move into menus. Because I think that's where okay. a lot of this does start, right? We, we're like, okay, what food should I be eating that would help me to feel vibrant and energized? And then from there, you think about, okay, well, how do I make the, <laughs> make them? <laughs> mm. Yeah, exactly. Into a um, well, oh, what I did, I missed the last part of what you said. I, I said, how do I make them into a meal? 
so that you have a exactly. complete meal and you're not just eating one-off foods. And, and, and also making sure that you're combining foods in the proper manner. Yeah. Um, you know, what can I say? The really most important thing when you're talking about foods that energize is really being in tune with the body and the body's natural circadian rhythm. And um, one of the thoughts that comes to mind, I used to work with a guy from Jamaica, an older guy, and we were at lunch one time and I was sitting there talking to him. And he said, you know what, man, we didn't have issues with obesity growing up because we ate our big meal at lunchtime. And then we would have a light dinner. And there's a great message in that because even as I recall growing up, we would have a fairly heavy dinner and, you know, lunch was maybe around the same. And at the same, and that really makes it hard on the digestive system if you're going to be going to bed a couple hours later, which is typically how that works. So what's really important is that we're eating our healthy meals and also eating them at the appointed time. So have your big meal at lunchtime because you're still going to be up for five or six hours and you'll be burning that, burning that off. And then if you have a light dinner, that's less on your stomach actually giving you more of a foundation to get a good night's rest, and you're less likely to have issues with nightmares and sleepless nights because when you're going to bed on essentially what amounts to a full stomach, your body is still working to break all that food down. That kills energy because you're going to wake up lethargic. You're going to wake up, you know, struggling to get your day started. So what's really important is to make sure that we're eating those foods at the right time. And as far as breakfast is concerned, you know, some people don't do that because maybe they're doing a ketogenic diet and they may just have some bulletproof coffee to get the day started uh, as an energy source. Um, So there's that. And then also one of the things you can do is to make sure that when you have breakfast, and this is something that I used to do a lot, is pancakes and waffles and French toast at different times and then the syrup, which was not syrup, it was just sugar, talking about Aunt Jemima and things like that, which kill energy because it's just a sugar rush. And then when you come down, and you're tired and ready to go to sleep. So if you start your day off with breakfast, you know, you know and you're not doing bulletproof coffee, as an example, which is uh, clarified butter or ghee, uh, coconut oil, organic coffee, um, that's one of the things that people use in the ketogenic diet to just give them that mental clarity and that energy to start their day. If you're not doing that, then ideally you want to just start it with some fruit, you know, maybe uh, orange, maybe an apple, uh, and at the same time, or a smoothie. It's one of the best ways to start your day. And that really is, doesn't have to be anything elaborate. It can be strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, uh, maybe a, a natural sweetener like um, stevia, or something along those lines to put into your smoothie, and that's going to help to give you that energy boost for the day. So that really has a lot to do with us having energy, is eating at the right time and eating the right things at the right time. Yep, so time is of the essence. It's the first step, okay? And what about what you're eating? Yeah, I mean, you touched on something um, as it relates to food combining. That's actually a 5,000-year-old science. It's called uh, food trophology, the science of food combining. And when we can really be more educated on that, that goes a long way towards helping us to have the energy that we're looking to be productive throughout the course of our day. So as an example, one of the staples of the standard American diet, SAD, which actually is contributing to most of the health issues in society today in America, the richest nation the world has ever known, but actually one of the sickest, if not the sickest, is because we're just eating the standard American diet. So to actually get away from one of the staples of the standard American diet, which is steak and potatoes, which is a poor food combination, so basically you have steaks, which is going to break down into the body and become acid. And then you take a complex carb like a potato and you combine that with the steak and it actually creates 
what they call I know I know what like African Americans typically we call it the itis, where you get sleepy after you eat. The reason why you're getting sleepy after you eat is because you're improperly combining those two foods. So if you have meat, ideally you should have meat with a true vegetable, you know, like uh, broccoli, uh, it could be Brussels sprouts, you know, not a starchy vegetable either. I'm talking like a cruciferous vegetable, maybe some cabbage, something like that. Um, But you don't want to combine it with a starchy vegetable like a potato or, you know, like a white potato. So just making little subtle shifts like that will go a long way, you know, in terms of just having that energy to still get things done throughout the day without feeling sleepy after we eat. Mm-hmm. And when you think about foods, what would be your, and I know there are many, what would be your top 10 energizing foods? Uh, top 10 energizing foods. Okay. Wow. I would say right there off the top of my head, I would say oranges. Um, oranges are great for ha- actually helping, like, if you do a vigorous workout, they actually help to take the lactic acid out of your muscles that creates the soreness. Um, so you can actually do that before or after. Um, wow. And in terms of uh, some other energizing foods, I guess I would say uh, you could do something like cucumbers. Cucumbers are very alkaline. They actually help to clean the blood, and that's really one of the biggest issues when it comes to people being more prone to degenerative uh, degenerative disease is that their blood is just more acidic than it is alkaline, and not having a proper pH balance will actually kill your energy. So eating more alkaline foods, is actually going to be your best go-to. So whether it's apples, cucumbers, um, wow, I guess I would say like almonds, because almonds are great for, I want to say vitamin E, but they're also good for mental clarity. And that's good. Basically anything that's good for the brain is going to be an energy boost, because you're just going to be more focused and have more clarity. Um I would say pineapple is great for digestion, Uh, any of your watery fruits like uh, watermelon. And the key with melons, and this is something they talk about in the science of food combining as well, is that you eat them alone or you leave them alone, or as the saying goes, your stomach will moan. (laughs) So when you're talking about melons, you really shouldn't eat it with anything else, not even another melon. So if you eat watermelon, you shouldn't combine it with cantaloupe. You should just eat cantaloupe or eat watermelon or eat honeydew melon, but you don't combine them. And because those uh, those those are three I would add to that, you know, food that's uh, great for energy, because it's they're mostly water. Your body, our bodies are mostly water. So to actually, and you get really full, believe it or not, when you eat a nice section of some watermelon or you eat a cantaloupe, uh, or some honeydew melon. So those are always going to be great sources and great things to boost your energy. Grapes would be another thing for that. Um, golly, I guess I would say uh, I'm not necessarily going to say pears are a great energy source, but they are great to start your day with. Uh, and I didn't even like pears growing up. So pears are a high source of fiber, and if you find one that's just right, I mean, it's probably one of my favorite fruits right now. Uh, pomegranate would be another one that I would add to that list. I just recently discovered pomegranate at uh, the local farmer's market here, and it's absolutely delicious. You know, I watched the YouTube video on how to open it and then take the seeds out, and I made it in a smoothie initially, and then after that, uh, because I had run out of fruit or something, I just ended up putting the seeds in a cup and just chewing them and eating them. Amazing boost of energy. So, um, yeah, those are, I think that's maybe eight or nine, uh, but those, those are some of the best ones uh, for energy and a boost. Okay, and of course we can't forget about water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, water and and that's a great uh, point is that um, a lot of times people are having questions about water today in terms of what type of water to drink because a lot of people are doing alkaline water. Um, I know I was 
with a particular company or looking at this company as a potential business opportunity, and they had a very high-end alkaline water machine. And because I've done a lot of research around the gut and how the gut and the brain are linked, there's a distinction when you're talking about alkaline water versus, let's say, regular spring water. And I'm not talking about Deer Park or uh, what's it, Desanti or Aquafina. Most of those are just regular tap water, and it's not really that much better for you in terms of a healthy pH. So, in other words, it's like if you get spring water from, let's say, North Georgia, I actually went on a... Uh, I, I do this thing where I help out local farmers from time to time, and uh, like in a volunteer capacity. And this particular event, we were there overnight. And in the North Georgia mountains, there are probably like places like North Carolina, certain parts of the U.S. I even visited this uh, country, uh, city in Germany, Baden-Baden, Germany. They talked about how pure the water is. I mean, the water coming out the tap was like better than the water that we could ever imagine coming out the tap here in the U.S. because it cascades down the mountains. So, and then that microclusters the, the water, which allows the water to get into your cells and give your body that boost of energy that you need. So spring water, pure mountain spring water, is the best water there, that there is. Now, alkaline water works. However, I would add, a, I guess, a caveat to that. You would pr- probably be best served to drink alkaline water if you're a type O blood type. There's four different blood types. And typically, excuse me, one of the things they talk about with a type O blood type is they typically are more acidic just by nature. They're like, as I like to, the, the term that comes to me when I think of type O's is that they're like a human garbage disposal. They can eat anything. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> a, a type A that doesn't have the same amount of hydrochloric acid in the stomach is not going to really do that well with alkaline water. So that's why if you can find a good company to get your water from, whether it's alkaline water or spring water, um, that's going to make a huge difference. But avoid tap water at all costs if you can because what's in tap water is pharmaceutical drugs that people flush down the toilet that they don't finish. Um, he even worked at uh, Home Depot some years ago, and there was a guy from the local uh, county that just happened to get in a conversation with a customer that I was helping because the guy was looking to buy a water filter. And I, I was telling him about, you know, sodium fluoride that's in the water supply, which is a neurotoxin. It's actually documented in that, in that it kills brain cells. Not to mention the chlorine that's in the water. Um, and there's a, I posted something on my Instagram page with all of these different things that are in regular tap water. So if nothing else gets you a good filter, it may not get out everything, but it'll get out most of the contaminants, you know, the lead, the arsenic, things like that. And that, if nothing else, will give you a lot more peace of mind. And, you know, and just kind of doing some research for a potential client of mine. One of the things I got present to is that it's probably cheaper in the long run to buy a good water, like, purifier for your faucet or for your home than actually going out and buying gallons of water five or six at a time, you know, once or maybe twice a week. That that cost will add up. And it's so also better for the environment in, in, exactly, when you're because not. because of the plastic. Right. Right. So, if the body is short on fluids, one of the first signs is a feeling of fatigue. So, you immediately don't feel energized. What is your take on sports drinks? The industry tells us that this is what's going to give you energy and the best boost to your performance. Mm. Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, What I would say to that, I actually read an article about how Gatorade was created. Gatorade was started by the University of Florida, uh, and I think it was one of the coaches that they had at the time or something like that that saw that the players, you know, in Florida in the south, as hot as it is, people get dehydrated, you know, when you're out there. in the I know I did landscaping in, in Georgia, and I'm from Detroit, Michigan originally, and we don't get heat like this, and we don't have hills and red clay, and I don't think they have red clay in Florida, but the point is it's still hot, the southeastern 
part of the country gets very hot. And so what they created with Gatorade was a sports drink that at that time was probably the best thing going because for the athletes, you know, just burning all these calories and all of these electrolytes being lost from all the sweating that was being done, they needed something to replenish that. So I'm not a big fan of Gatorade or Powerade at this point because, like, even when I was doing landscaping, the guy that I worked with bought some one time, and I didn't say anything because that's what his focus was, and I don't usually say anything anymore unless a person asks me about something when it comes to health and wellness. And the first ingredient on Powerade is uh, high fructose corn syrup, of memory serves me right, and that's a chemical. You don't want chemicals in your body any more than you have to be exposed to them in such a toxic environment that we live in. So to finish that thought about Gatorade in particular, the Gatorade actually did help because they were exerting so much energy. It was highly beneficial for, you know, athletes that are performing at a high level. And when I say high level, that could be high school. That could be, you could be doing it recreationally. But if you're participating in sports on a regular basis, Drinking something like Gatorade can actually help to give you some energy and help to replenish some of those electrolytes that are being lost. However, nothing replaces what Mother Nature has already created, and that's coconut water. So mm-hmm. pure coconut water uh, is like one of the greatest things ever. I mean, coconut is a superfood. You want to talk about energy? That's energy. And you know, what I had started doing a couple of years ago, uh, after seeing this YouTube video where the guy showed you how to open up a, a young Thai coconut, because I had never done that, and I hated coconut growing up. Really, I hated anything healthy growing up. I think the only thing I ate that was healthy growing up was green beans and, uh, and white potatoes. So, uh, as you know, and of course, fast forward, what... Um, well, really is there is uh, just understanding that when you look at coconut water, it has about, I read an article that said it has about five times the amount of electrolytes that you'll find in a traditional sports drink. And more specifically, it doesn't have any of the chemical sugars in there. The sugars are all natural, and that's really a distinction that a lot of people don't get is that fruit sugar versus processed sugar is a totally different conversation. So fruit sugar is an energizer because it's like, um, uh, and I had that on my uh, Instagram page as well, it's like hydrogen, if I'm saying this right, and carbon, carbon, hydrogen, those are energy sources. So when you're eating fruits, those are going to be great sources of energy. And just to finish the thought about the coconut water, it is something that will be different, you know, depending upon the coconut. Sometimes it'll come out pink. Sometimes it'll come out like uh, kind of cloudy and white. Either way, it's still delicious. It's great energy. And as far as I'm concerned, if there's anything that people want to drink for energy, especially if you're out in the elements and you work outside or you're just looking for that boost from your workouts, you know, before, at, during, or after. If you can make it yourself, and when I say make it, that all that really means is you're going and cracking open. You know, I like I said, you go. I went and bought a couple of young Thai coconuts, cracked open the top, you know, poured the, the water out, and then I drink the water down. And then, you know, if I want to make coconut milk, then I'll do something with the meat that's inside of there. But that's really like the ultimate in terms of energy. Uh, yeah, coconut water is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Okay, so we've spoken about specific ingredients. How do we take it to the next level and take these energizing foods and add other foods and turn that into a meal plan? Yeah, uh, that yeah. So to that point, when you're talking about taking it and adding it to a meal plan, one of the things I discovered in doing my research to prepare for the show. <laughs> Is I look at through the different books that I have, it's like, wow. This is a part of what's been my breakdown, my frustration around meal preparation, is that even with the books that I have, a lot of them that I've purchased over the years, with good intentions, 
and I, as I'm looking through the ingredients on a lot of them, I'm seeing like six, seven, eight, nine, ten ingredients, and then there's a good amount of prep time. That's the very thing that takes people out of the conversation when it comes to meal prep. Right. And because of where we are right now in society with people being quarantined, I, I, I would be of the, the mindset that a lot of people are are willing to take that on in certain instances because they're at home all the time. And what I'm committed to is helping people to have a, a shift with that, with having, like, let's say six ingredients or less, you know? So, like, as an example, just to give you some that are really not, like, revolutionary in terms of, you know, people knowing about this, but, like, I made some sweet potatoes today. Sweet potatoes is just cutting up the sweet potatoes. I cut up three sweet potatoes. I cut up the onions. And then I usually always cook in coconut oil because coconut oil is a high-heat oil. It doesn't break down, and it doesn't have the low smoke point that olive oil has. So I usually uh, prepare anything I prepare on the stove, I'll use coconut oil, unrefined coconut oil. So that takes about 30 minutes. You take it, cut it up, put the onions in there, you know, saute it, flip it a few different times, and then, you know, add a little salt. Sometimes I'll add nutmeg. Sometimes I'll add cinnamon. It just depends upon what effect I'm going for. And you can do the same thing with white potatoes, cabbage, same thing. Again, not rocket science. You just go get a head of cabbage like I did the other day. You cut up your cabbage, put it in the uh, in the uh, in the in the frying pan with coconut oil, your seasoning, whether that's sea salt or black pepper, and and probably about 20 minutes later you got a meal. Um, Are you saying you have a uh, meal? But to me, I, I when I think meal, I think two to three things on the plate. Okay, I got that. And that's that. you're right. So what you could do, and this is something that I am still discovering for myself, is that let's say I got the sweet potatoes. This may not be the best combination, but one of the things I made with that, because I was rushing to get a bunch of stuff done today, is I made some avocado toast. So I cut open the avocado, great source of magnesium, one of the things most Americans are very deficient in. And then I just put, like, some uh, some sauerkraut in there, put a little bit of seasoning, put my toast in the toaster, put the avocado on the toast, add a little bit of that with my sweet potatoes. That was just something that I just, in the, in the spur of the moment, that's what I created. And, and that's funny. So, I saw that online, actually, avocado toast with sauerkraut. And I was thinking, I wonder how that tastes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's uh actually it was kimchi. It wasn't sauerkraut, and the kimchi I had because it has a little spice to it. And one of the really big things that's really important, just to add one quick point in, is that when you're talking about digestion, and there's four main components developed: there's assimilation, absorption, digestion, and elimination. Those are in particular, digestion is one of the biggest issues facing most Americans is that they're not digesting what they eat. So when you take something like kimchi, which they have in South Korea, like with every meal, they have kimchi. It's high in probiotics, which is going to actually help you to break down the food. And breaking the food down is what actually helps, actually helps to keep us regular. That's the elimination aspect of those four components of health. So whether it's kimchi, sauerkraut, uh, kombucha, uh, kefir, and you can make it uh, vegan if you're if you're a vegan. You know, a lot a lot of kefir is made with like uh, uh, some type of milk. You know, which a lot of of course vegans won't do, uh, but you can make it in a, a vegan way as well. So there's always options, but the key is you definitely want to add in some probiotics to aid in the digestive process. So that's that. So and then if I have sweet potatoes. I'm I'm a bread person, so a lot of times I'll put a couple slices of uh, gluten-free bread in the in the uh, toaster, and then I may add a little bit of uh, nutritional yeast to my toast, and then I'll put that with the white potatoes. I usually have it with my white potatoes, and that's usually a pretty quick meal and pretty filling. And um, and I I had actually bookmarked some of the other ones that I had. Uh, made that you could uh, kind of have 
as an accompaniment with that. And um, I'm not sure how you would have. But I, I, there's a recipe book that I have from this lady that has a book on paleo cooking. And I made a vegan pesto uh, like pasta. And uh, it's great as a side. And it's only like one, two, three, four, five, six, six ingredients. And it takes almost no time to make it. So that's something that you could have to accompany a dish that you're preparing. Uh, you could also have you know, one of the things that you come up uh, the ingredients, okay. It's uh, one cup of uh, mis- uh, excuse me, minced fresh basil, a half a cup of pine nuts, a half a cup of walnuts, uh, a fourth of a cup of olive oil, one teaspoon of minced fresh garlic, a half a teaspoon of freshly ground black pepper, and a fourth of a teaspoon of sea salt. And I love Italian food, and I just happened to watch this cooking show when it was on at the time, Rachel Ray, and she had this one chef on there that made this pasta, but it had um, it had cheese in there and some dairy that, I, you know, and I can't do dairy. So I said, well, let me see if I can find an alternative. And I just happened to find it in this book on paleo cooking. So, and this is really delicious. So that is one of the big breakthroughs that anybody can have because of our schedules and the different things that we're committed to and the time that those things require is finding simple and easy-to-prepare recipes to where we don't have to spend an ungodly amount of time in the kitchen. Because what has been there for me in, you know, preparing, I've prepared this, um, oh, God, what is it, uh, polenta, which is a staple in Italian food from this one book that I have. And when I looked at it today, I was like, goodness. And I thought about this as I was preparing it, whenever that was, maybe six months ago, uh, the last time I had it. There's so many steps involved that that's – and now, granted, it'll last you a while because you make a nice batch of it. And at the same time, that's where most people get frustrated and say, well, I just can't do this because there's just too many steps. It takes too much time. And if you don't cut up your uh, onions and – you know, sweet potatoes or whatever it is, really fast, and I don't, that's been a point of frustration for me. So that's why a part of what I'm really, you know, standing in as a commitment is to continue to find those recipes that are five ingredients or less or some variation of that where people can get in there, prepare something great, this nutritionist, have the peace of mind and knowing that they made it, and that goes a long way towards having a healthy mind and a healthy body. Okay, any other recipes that you'd like to share? Yeah, um, I had, let me see if I can find it. I had um, stuff bookmarked here. Uh, Avocado toast, mentioned that one. Then, um, oh, yeah, there was some other stuff I written down. Um, a homemade pizza. Now, I know, I love pizza. And uh, one of the things I found at Kroger in their frozen food, food section was this um, pizza crust that is gluten-free. I think the company is called Kinnick. And I bought the tomato paste. I bought, like, some, uh, there's some, there's some vegan cheese. I'm not necessarily vegan, but I do eat more plant-based at this point. And it's from a company called Diana, I believe, D-A-I-Y-A. And I put some of that on top of the uh, tomato paste and then added some sautéed onions and just put that in the oven for like 20 minutes. That was a great quick and easy fix, you know, and it was very filling. So, and then if you wanted to do two of those, you could if you just had a huge appetite. So that's, that's another thing that I've made that actually – it's just really straightforward. You get in there and you get it done. And, and then, you know, um, for those people who will limit their soy intake, there's another one of those cheeses that is almond-based versus soy-based. You can find them in the supermarket. Yeah, yeah uh, and I think I know what you're talking about. Um, Kylie, I know there's like a... A cashew cheese. I don't really do cashews mm-hmm. though, 
Um, cashews, and there's a, a particular group of foods that are high in lectin. Uh, there's a uh, Dr. Gundy, uh, that's support, uh, as, as I understand it, he's Tony Robbins, uh, the motivational speaker. He's his uh, personal physician. And one of the things he talked about is certain foods that are high in lectins are hard on the digestive system. So even with that pizza, that was before I knew about this, uh, tomatoes are actually high in lectins. So uh, nightshades essentially tend to be harder on the digestive system. So cashew cheese could work. And that just depends upon where you are when it comes to your health and the health of your gut. And isn't it combining, too, because if you know you're eating something that can be hard to digest or harder to digest, then you would pair it with something that not only chemically combines, but also something easier to digest so that your body's not working as hard. Yeah, that's a a great point. Um, You know, like if you had... Something, well, I guess the best thing I could add to that would be to have something like, uh, you know, people a lot of times nowadays are selling a lot of probiotics or prebiotic supplements, which are good, and at the same time, there's nothing like having a, you know, a, a container of sauerkraut, taking a spoon of the sauerkraut and, and chewing that and eating it. That's going to... That's going to dwarf anything that you could ever take in the way of a supplement. I don't care how good it is. So that makes a difference in terms of, let's say, combining that with something that you're eating that might be hard on the digestive system. Or uh, pickles. Pickles are great. Uh, There's one company called Bubby's that you can find at most of your health food stores. And I get theirs because... They don't have regular vinegar in there, if I, if I got that right. And, you know, regular distilled white vinegar is very acidic. So Bubby's is a really good brand to where it's going to aid in the digestive process if you're having something that might be harder harder to break down. Okay, I've seen that brand. I didn't know what the differentiation was. Okay. Yeah, I'm big on ingredients, um, and there's a lady out there uh, that does a lot of education. Her name is Food Babe on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and she'll post the ingredients that are in a lot of foods to really just help to educate people around, you know, knowing what to look for and what to watch out for when it comes to one's health or, you know, if they have children so that they're eating things that are, you know, just more holistic. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, and then one of the other things I was going to mention too is like coleslaw. Uh, that's actually something that, and I have three or four different recipes for that. That's a great accompaniment to whatever dishes you might have. I had some of the best coleslaw ever at the uh, event that I went up uh, went to in North Georgia that I was referring to earlier. Um, where, you know, the water is really, you know, pure to drink, even right out the tap. And it was fermented, and it was just really great for the digestive system. So you can actually have that as something, something to accompany your main course as well. And if I can find it, I have something. Yeah, like this one coleslaw recipe has five ingredients. It's like... One cup of pressed or grated cabbage, a carrot, about one cup, one thinly sliced red onion, two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil or vegan mayonnaise, and you can use regular mayonnaise if you're not a vegan, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar or fresh organic lemon juice. Uh, He recommends uh, agave nectar. I don't do agave nectar because it spikes blood sugar, so I typically uh, recommend the folks to do raw honey more. And then like celery seeds, which is optional. But I had that with the celery seeds, and it was amazing. So that's something that you can have with something that might be hard on the digestive system, doesn't take a lot of time to prepare, and is going to be great for you. Okay. Well, let's talk about snacks and energizing snacks for in-between meals as well. Okay. And one thing I wanted to add to that. Um, around the ingredients is there's if you if any of you and your listeners have 
uh, Comcast as uh, your cable provider. And they may have it on, uh, what's the other one? Um, let me get the other company. But anyway, they might have it with, on their service. But on Comcast, it's called Create TV. And there's a show by the chef, Jamie Oliver, who had a show on um, ABC for a couple seasons called Food Revolution. That's what the show was. And it was how he went into the school system to, in this one county in West Virginia that was like the poorest county in America, and the food was terrible. And unfortunately, a lot of the schools and the lunch programs are not great for the students. Um, but the point is, fast-forwarding to now, he actually has that show on Creative TV that it's about five ingredients and that's the natural name of the show. So if you get a chance, uh, you can probably find some of his content on his website at jamieoliver.com um, in terms of five ingredients, recipes. And on the show, he'll have uh, appetizers, he'll have a main course, and then he'll have a dessert. And it's all five ingredients and five ingredients only. So, again, that's really the commitment. And, um you know, I'm looking to actually purchase his book here when I get to get my paycheck tomorrow. And uh, and there's another uh, guy that has a book I want to purchase too called The Minimalist Baker. That those between those two, if you're gonna, if you anybody in your audience or even yourself or Sky is looking to make a purchase, I would definitely say pick up Jamie Oliver's book first. And I don't know that he actually has one four or five ingredients, although I think I saw it on. Uh, the little tagline at the end of the show. So uh, that's definitely something that can have people really that are listening be empowered when it comes to meal prep and having some simple and easy-to-prepare recipes that don't take a lot of time. And I'm speaking on that because I know how disempowering and frustrating that can be after you've been working hard all day and you come home and there's nothing ready and it's just like, well, I could spend 30 bucks by ordering something and having it delivered or I could take the time to get in the kitchen and prepare something. So that's one aspect to that. And then the other part to that that I definitely wanted to make sure that I put in is that if you have a day, usually we have at least one day when we don't have work, whether we're a business owner or we work for someone else, where we can do our meal prep. And that is the day when you really want to get in the kitchen you know, have your ingredients set out or, you know, have, you know, already gone shopping or go shopping that day, come home and prepare what you need to prepare for the week ahead. And then, you know, like my grandmother used to do back in the day, because she used to make these sweet potato pies that were amazing, and she would always have me, uh, like, two just for me. And out of, let's say, if she made seven sweet potato pies, just to use this example, she would take five of them and put them in the freezer. So then whenever it was time for the next one to roll out, so to speak, she would just take it out. And the proper way to actually defrost something, as I learned years ago, is that you actually want to take it out of the freezer and put it in the refrigerator. You want to, you want that process to unfold naturally. So, you know, if it's like you're going to work on Monday and you already have your meal in the refrigerator for Monday, then when you come home, I don't know, maybe Tuesday or Monday night, you take out that meal and put it in. And that may not be enough time. It depends. But the point is, you, ideally, you want to thaw things in a particular manner. There's like a, a process to eating right. And that's a part of what my commitment is, is to continue to help to shift that conversation and to answer whatever questions that people have so they can really get the world of what it means to get nourishment as opposed to just being in a conversation of what is there to eat, because that's an important distinction to have people really be clear on. Because nourishing foods are automatically going to energize, um, whether it's to give you energy to do something or energy to heal or whatever the purpose of that food is. It could actually be to relax you, which is a form of energizing the body for relaxation. I wanted to yeah. give you time to talk about your upcoming book, The Healthy Cookbook, and tell us about the content and when it will be available. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for that. Uh, yes, the book on healthy living, and um, I'm in the uh, I'm finishing in my, up my chapters this week. 
uh, have my book coaches working with me and doing a great contribution to help me to continue to get this done, even when at times I've been stopped around it. Um, the book will be out by June 1st. Um, I'm, I'm looking to secure my graphic artist this week and get some other things in place. And the book is really about the lifestyle. It's not just about what we eat. It is the thoughts that we think. It is uh, the relationships that we're in. It is uh, the workout or the exercise that we do. So it's not a fad. It's not, you know, to use an example, and people may not even remember this, but back in the day, uh, there was this thing called Taibo, and everybody wanted to do Taibo, you know, you're, you know, it was like boxing. It was like a, a form of a workout where you like, pretending like you're boxing or whatever. The point I'm making is that when you're really transitioning into a healthier life and you're looking to, let's say, release weight, I like to say release as opposed to lose, because uh, as uh, Bob Proctor says, uh, motivational speakers is your to find whatever you lose. So um, I like to say release weight. So wherever you are, whether it's releasing weight or having better relationships, having more energy, um, you know, it is a lifestyle. It's not just what we eat. And my book really addresses all of the important points when it comes to what it takes to maintain a healthy life in the midst of what can be a crazy, fast-paced, you know, kind of chaotic world, you know, and and especially considering the times that we're in now uh, with the COVID virus, you know, people are, I have it, I, I, it seems to me, obviously, that people are taking a more concerted look at their health and well-being and what it takes to really live a healthy lifestyle, and that's what the book is about. The book is about, it's about nutrition and, and, and food combining, it's about sex and the importance of healthy sexual relationships. Because sex is energy, and it can be energy that drains us, or it can be energy that invigorates us and empowers us. And the importance of really selecting, you know, the right mate, and and ideally, you know, doing and being in, in, involved in practices that help to build up our energy stores, whether it's the man or the woman. And so, the book is uh, really kind of, I would say, not even kind of. It is a culmination of the years of study and research that I've done around different things that contribute to a healthy lifestyle. Money and finances is one of the things that I touch on because the reality of it is in this society, it actually takes money in many cases to live a healthy life because if you're purchasing supplements or if you're going to see an acupuncturist or if you're going to a herbalist or uh, if you're going to a conscious medicine practitioner, those are not covered by insurance. The system is not set up that way. It's set up to have you going to the doctor, getting prescriptions, getting pharmaceutical drugs, which don't eradicate anything. They just suppress symptoms. So one of the things that I really strive to communicate to folks is that when you're on this path to a healthier lifestyle, it's not a one-size-fits-all conversation. And there's no magic bullet. It takes work, and you have to be willing to do the work to get the result. And as the saying goes, to the victor goes the spoils. So whether it's building a business or maintaining a great relationship or maintaining your health and well-being, it takes work, and the work doesn't have to be drudgery. It can be fun. And um, that's really what the book is about, is just having people be empowered to know that we really can have our cake, so to speak, and eat it too. Okay, so how do people contact you and find out when the book is out? Okay, um, well, you can contact me via my uh, Facebook page at Dean the Nutritionist. Um, you can also contact me on Instagram at your, Y-O-U-R, Holistic Nutritionist. And um, uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. I have my business page on there. I go by my regular name or, you know, Dean Jackson. Uh, so those are the main three channels that you, connect, uh, you can connect with me on. I do have my actual domain name, uh, the book on healthy living.com. Um, I have yet to, you know, put some other content in there, but that's one of the ways you'll be able to contact me regarding the book. 
And uh, you can always call me on my cell phone number. I can, you know, post that on your website or what have you. Uh, and that's another way that you can uh, be in touch with me. And you can share that here if you would like to. Oh, yeah, sure. It's uh, 404-991-0605. So, yeah, I was, I was thinking that as just part of just like. Okay. Sky, any questions or comments? Um, no. Um, well, I'll share one point that you touched on in terms of um, everyone being at home right now. One of the things that I found is that um, just simplifying the ingredients that I use in whatever I'm cooking. So that's been helpful for me. Um, mm. Whatever our everyday meals are, there's a simple way to prepare them. The use of spices and herbs go a long way to replacing mm-hmm. ingredients. It can make the simplest of meals um, very tasty and very um, nutritional and fulfilling. So that has gone a long way to help me. And, um, you know, just if you're just dealing with basics, just think about how can I simplify this meal? What are the, the least amount of ingredients I can use, and how can I make those ingredients tasty and appealing? So that's helped me because even though we're, you know, I call it sequestered, um, I still have a full workload, so I don't have time to cook elaborate meals. But I found that with simplifying the ingredients, um, it has also changed my taste buds. So um, mm. that's been very helpful, too. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and thank you for that, Scott. That's, uh, thank you for adding that in because that, that really speaks to something that's always right there for me when I think about nutrition and meal preparation is that it's, just, it's like being an artist. And one of the best ways to have, and there's this movie I saw years ago called Like Water for Chocolate. And um, long story short, and without giving the entire movie away, it's around how the, uh, one of the daughters of this lady is the one that prepares the meals for the family. And then she prepares all of her meals with love. I cannot emphasize that enough. Love is the core of everything that I do. I don't know everything. I'm still learning and evolving and, and discovering as we all are. And in this process, one of the things that has been right there for me the entire time is be creative. Have fun with it. Uh, you made me think about this salad dressing that I made just right off the top of my head one day when I didn't have mm-hmm. in the refrigerator and I didn't have anything. I, I took two tablespoons of lemon juice, two tablespoons of raw honey, two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, and two tablespoons of uh, apple cider vinegar. Stirred that up, made it into, you know, whipped it up really well, and added that to my salad, and it was absolutely amazing, you know. So it's like there's a book I have. uh, I highly recommend anybody get this book. It's called The Tao of Health, Sex, and Longevity, and Tao is pronounced T-A-O. By Dan, you know, the, the Tao of Health, Sex, and Longevity by Daniel Reed. And in this book, the, really, the title really says it all. It really is about one very important point to never lose sight of, and that is life in its essence is simple. When we're preparing a meal, it doesn't have to be this elaborate production. Now, if a person wants to take that on, they're entirely in their right to do so. And mm-hmm. when it comes to what we're for, even like uh, this lady I, I follow on uh, on YouTube, excuse me, and she's not vegan. You know, she's of the uh, Western Price Foundation where they eat meat and dairy and stuff like that, but they eat it more ethically sourced than the factory farms that mm-hmm. most of us are familiar with. And one of the things she made that I, I actually made myself was something called a peanut butter fudge. And it was peanut butter butter, you might want to substitute something different, and it was raw honey, and I think that was all that it was, and she said her children absolutely love it, and it's it's a healthy fat, so it's good for the brain, the butter is, so, you know, again, you know, different people are in a different place based on where they are, but I love what you, what you presenced all of us to, and that really is, is that it's about just keeping it simple, and um, using fresh herbs and spices, absolutely magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, commercial foods, they tend to go with the salt and sweet. There are so mm-hmm. many herbs and spices that you can use to 
uh, actually bring some really great flavor and taste mm-hmm. to foods instead of just going with the defaults of what, I guess, maladopted taste buds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, one of the things that I, I, I would also say is if you and your audience are familiar with, or even if you're not, find out about community-supported agriculture called CSA. So that's local farmers that will actually deliver food to your door with, you know, different fruits and vegetables or whatever, and then you pay them a monthly fee. That works well for a lot of people, right? So there's that. And there's also uh, just finding out where your local farmer's markets are. You know, here in Georgia, we have the child farmer's market, which everybody's familiar with. And it's a great concept. And in theory, food shipped from all over the globe. And at the same time, that really isn't the best way. Because if it's shipped from thousands of miles away, that means they had to pick it early. And it's not going to have the same type of flavor profile that it will have if you went to your local Stone Mountain or Decatur Farmer's Market or wherever you are in the world. So, you know, those little little subtle things like that uh, make, make, makes a huge difference. And grow your own garden. Don't forget that. <laughs> because yeah. the closer you are to the earth, right in your yard or on your patio, the more energy it will have by the time you eat it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's a brilliant. And then since that, um, I posted something on my Facebook page today on the story portion of it by this guy Ron Finley. He said, "Growing your own food is like printing your own money," you know. <laughs> and right now, I'm looking at taking that on. Uh, I currently work at uh, Ace Hardware, and we have our garden section. And I was out there helping to unload a truck, and um, and I'm looking at all these different herbs, and I'm thinking to myself, it's t- and different, like, tomatoes. That was one of the main things we unloaded was tomatoes and uh, some other things that I'm like, okay, it's time for me to start this process. And when you start, like I tell people all the time, don't go from, you know, especially if you're eating crap for years to all of a sudden trying to be hardcore vegan. Gradually work your way to a healthier eating, you know, regimen. Same thing if you're starting to plant and grow your own food. That's what I'm taking on. I'm just going to take on starting with one fruit or one vegetable plant and just getting related to that before I take on two and three or more. That's right. Because they, they're like children. They all need different treatment. <laughs> they need a different type mm. of love. And then there are some exactly. that bunch together in the same group and they need essentially the same type of nourishment. Okay, yeah. so exactly. we're winding down on time. Is there any thought or remark that you'd like to leave us with, Dean Jackson, the nutritionist? Wow. Uh, well, again, thank you, Sky. Thank you, Darlene. I appreciate you thinking of me and reaching out to me um, to be a part of the conversation that you ladies are so powerfully creating with Sisters and Sisters in Spirit. And um Thank you to the audience and, and your generous listening. I uh, hope you found some value for yourself. And, uh, you know, what can I say? Stay on the path. You know, if you're a person of faith, continue to apply your faith in, in what can be very turbulent times that we're in for a lot of people. And, you know, if you're if you're doing well, continue to do the things that have you living a good life. You know, uh, don't reinvent the wheel. And, um and just stay connected to Mother Nature. Get out in nature. Get get your vitamin D as much as you can. You know, again, get out in the garden. All of those things are going to make a huge difference in terms of improved overall quality of life. Thanks, Dean. Scott, anything you want to go out with? Sure, I'll, I'll um, share a quote that I found uh, that said, that says um, the food you eat can either be the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. Mm-hmm. And that's by mm-hmm. Ann Whitmore. That's true. Your food is yeah, your health and health. Again, exactly. thank it you. It can be the weapon of mass destruction or the weapon of healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank Thank you, you, Dean, again for joining. And you've been listening to Cis Empowerment Radio with Dean, the nutritionist.
Contact information once again, Dean. Is you can find me on Instagram at your holistic nutritionist, Y O U R. You can find me on Facebook at Dean the Nutritionist. Uh, there's also my YouTube channel, Dean Kenneth Jackson, if you, if you can find me. And uh, uh, you can always give me a call at 404-991-0605 if you have any other questions. I'd be glad to uh, uh, talk to you and uh, possibly even work with you on a, uh, on a case-by-case basis. All right. And you can find SIST at www.sistersinspirit.net. And if you've got any questions or comments, you can contact us at inspirit at sistersinspirit.net. Thank you for joining the podcast. Until the next time, Thursdays at 8 p.m., we'll speak with you then. Good night. Good night.